0: What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another edition of Beyond the Booth, your go-to podcast for everything when it comes down to events, where we literally have you covered from A to B. Yes, I said A to E, not A to Z. If this is your first time joining us, this is why. A, if you're an attendee. B, if you're a bride. C, if you're a coordinator. D, if you're a DJ. E, everybody else. When it comes to events, we literally have you covered. I'm your host, Marcus, and today we're finally kicking off the epic conclusion or part three or the finale to Everything Week. Now, today's title is actually, if you didn't already see it in the podcast description, is Placement is Everything. So now, to be honest with you, that phrase alone is what kicked this entire thing off. Um, My wife was putting something away, and she was like, well, you know, placement is everything. And I was like, ooh, ooh, that's good. That's good. That is such a good idea. Uh, So one, that can mean that creativity can... or Or inspiration can be sparked anywhere at any given moment from anything. So, always be open. And two, it was so poignant, but yet so factual. So, this whole week, we've been talking about timing is everything, timing is everything. And now we're talking about how placement is everything. And so, when it comes to placement, you got to know what you're dealing with, you got to know where you want to put stuff, you got to be able to have. Vision or at least enough to trust somebody that you're working with for them to have vision So you can kind of see where everything's gonna be and this is well before the event actually takes place So this is the importance of a venue walk now I know some places are kind of like limiting venue walks right now. That's okay Just see if someone that works at the venue was able to you know FaceTime you get on zoom with you whatever video Messaging reference you have and just see it that way and have them you know take the phone around uh showing the video around the entire location but if you can't actually get in physically that's always going to be best and invite the people that impact the wedding probably the most so invite if they can awesome If they can't awesome but at least if you are like planning the event you're going to you're going to a site visit, at least invite your photographer, at least invite your DJ. Um, Inviting them lets them know kind of what they have to work with. For the photographer, it gives them the opportunity to start to brainstorm, you know, ideas and and layouts and shots and, you know, locations and scout also around the venue, getting those ideas for those locations for, you know, for different photos. Um, Because even if you're doing a carnival, still okay this is the venue this is where it's at this is where parking is this is what the layout of the land looks like okay getting a good drone shot coming from this direction will be really really good for you know some aerial shots or again you know the sun's hitting over here so if we're doing this event at this time of day not shooting in this direction is definitely going to be good so we want to basically okay focus on all the main festivities over in this vicinity for the first part of the day. So that way you're not having to compete with the sun for good lighting and good shots. For example. Um, Also, like I said, invite your DJ. Now schedule may not permit them to be there, which is again, perfectly fine, but at least invite Um, that way for the DJ standpoint, they can know ahead of time what they need to bring, how far they're trekking, um if they need to move up their timetable by that much or that little if they're going to be in a position where literally they're going to back their car or their vehicle right up to where they're going to be setting up <laughs> that kind of alleviates the need for a wagon that day or need for a dolly that day because literally they're unloading and loading right where they're setting up um or if they have to park over here but where they're setting up is this like hike down this path and down this hill Then, yeah, they're going to need, you know, to know so that way they can, you know, bring a wagon, bring a dolly, bring whatever they need or pack very efficiently to minimize what they'll need. So they can even if they do carry it, they can carry it in one trip or two at max instead of having to do multiple on multiple on multiple trips. So you got to know kind of where everybody's going to be, because this is why it boils down to the fact that placement is everything. Where is everyone going to be? For example, if you're doing an event that's in a multi-purpose room at a school, for example, and you have the DJ off in a corner in the room, but there's also nothing going on on the stage. and so now you have this entire stage piece or this stage real estate that you now have to be very intentional with what you're going to do. Because if you have all the space And then just kind of close up the curtain. They're like, don't look at the stage. Nothing's going on over here. People are still going to look at the stage. And to be honest with you, depending on what your theme is, it could massively detract from the rest of the room, the rest of the layout. Um, You know, putting your photo booth in a place that's close to Multiple power outlets, so that way you can plug in and get everything powered on for the for the lights, for the camera, for the printing machine, all of that, and also not be in a way where light will impact, you know, the photos for the photo booth. Is it a enclosed photo booth? Is it like an open top photo booth? You know, so if it's an open top photo booth and we're dealing with like a a early afternoon event where the sun is high still, then you might want to put them on the opposite side of the room where they still have much access to electrical outlets, but it doesn't impede upon, you know, where it's going to be. Now, nailing down ahead of time and seeing ahead of time where everyone's going to be. And this is where kind of taking pictures, video, um, sketching, if you're any good at that, uh, just kind of blocking, if you're good at that at all, or you know someone who is good at that, it it gives you an idea or different or it gives you time to really contemplate on how to lay the room out, how to lay the space out, how to lay the entire venue out. If the ceremony is down at the bottom of the hill and it's basically you're starting at the bottom and you're working way up, okay, so having reception in the middle and then cocktail hour at the top is kind of, it kind of works against what you're trying to do. So you want ceremony at the bottom, cocktail hour in the middle, and then reception at the very top. So people have this. This flow heading up to the top because also at the top is where vehicles are parked so that when they leave at the end of the day at the end of the other end of the reception, then the vehicles are already there. So it's a shorter walk for them to get to the vehicle to leave for the for the night. So it has the, it creates this nice flow or this nice pattern from location A to location B to location C to, you know, exiting and I and I I put it like that because there's there have been ones where you have a lot of real estate, a lot of real estate. You have some where it's like on a blacktop, but then some of it kind of cascades down to like more of a parkish. So you've got you've got grass and you have things like that. And so where are you gonna put the DJ? How where's the sound gonna where's the sound gonna be coming from? Um, if it paces this way, sound wise like is directly focused towards Residential homes—is that going to be okay? Do you notify the residents? Say, hey, we're doing a a, a fundraiser in this in this area, and so sound will be coming towards you. Will you be okay with that? And they'll be like, yeah, or they'll be like, no, you know, no, we no, our you know, it's very we're a very quiet neighborhood. You know, our our kids are very quiet at that time of day. Little ones are taking naps at that time of day. So if you could, could you please come up with another arrangement? So then you got to reconfigure and put it where the speakers are in a different locale or let the DJ know so that he can bring more speakers, not for more sound, but then he can turn it down because now you're not depending on just one or two speakers to cover a massive landmass. Now you're carrying about four or five speakers to cover a much larger space and have the the, the volume level turned down, but people can still hear audibly because there's a speaker that's close by. See, these type of configuration matters and conversations are essential to to start the event before you even get to the day of your event um i'm gonna give you a perfect example of a failure and a success so uh one year we were doing a welcome back for athletes at this one university and i was like okay basically we didn't talk too much about the setup or the layout or what's going on or when it's going on or how things are going to be configured. And so I came, you know, with two speakers, a sub and of course, uh, you know, my booth and everything else, you know, ready to provide the sound. But the, the, the entire space of how everything was laid out was completely different. And so my speakers didn't really cover the range that was needed for the clarity and for the volume level that was needed to cover the space. Because on one hand, where I was positioned, you have some events going on around the corner. Cause they were doing like, uh, an event on the, off the diving board. So they were doing a diving contest amongst all the different teams. So it had to like reach out and around to be where it could be heard over there. And at the same time, you also had to reach out and reach down to, to, like, the grassy area where all the tables and everything were on top of, like, that main central area where, you know, people were gathering their food and whatnot. So the following year, we started playing with the idea again. Okay, so what's going on? What are we doing? Learn from last year. Okay, so setting that up over there again. Okay, cool. Do I need to know? I definitely need to have something over there. Are we doing the stuff on the diving board again? No, we're not. Nothing's going on over there. Okay, cool. I don't have to focus as much attention in that vicinity so now i just need to go three speakers wide instead of four speakers wide to cover the the real estate for everything that's happening for things that's to still be heard clearly and to make sure that the range is is covered for you know the mic usage now who's speaking is you know this person speaking that person speaking okay are they going to be doing like they did last year and kind of more physically being where where those tables and everything are in the grassy area. Okay, yes. Okay, cool. So that means I need to be more so positioned over here so that way the range and the mic can actually connect and doesn't break up from being too far out of range. Okay, cool. So that way we need, now we need to put a bit. See, I'm giving you all of these little tidbits of the conversation of breaking down how we're laying it out, how we're defining it, how we're having that communication because the second year was much better than the first year. Even with some of the audibles that were thrown at us because we sat down, we were a lot more intentional. We were a lot better coordinated, had a much better lay of the land. But here's also part of the deal. If I would have did my job a little bit better and actually walked the venue the first year and showed up, you know, few days early just to kind of walk around, see where it's going to be at, you know, ask, you know, call the person back, ask a couple of questions, then that would have alleviated the struggles that that first year experienced compared to the second year, that learning curve because, hey, we know the lay of the land this year and we know what it looks like now. So this is basically what I need to do and how some of that those uh, speakers were configured. I actually got those ideas from another DJ that I collaborate with who works also with this same client because they DJ for other events, for other facets of this client, as well as we both... DJ in respective on respective teams for the same um the same client. So I got a lot of inspiration and ideas from him. So being able to pull from the community to say, hey, how what's the best way to place this? Okay, now base case scenario, if I show up and I'm able to park right here again, I have this ramp and then I can just go to here to here to here. Not that long. I know this person has a good team. That team was more than willing to help me uh unload and get the stuff up there and and also you know pack up and get everything back to my vehicle worst case scenario i gotta park way over here if i gotta park way over here i still have those resources for help but i definitely need to make sure that for best case scenario or worst case scenario i at least have my dolly i at least have you know those four wheels to carry like the bulk of the stuff the sub the speakers um my controller and stuff like that so that way you know, it expedites the time from unloading my vehicle to getting to where I'm going to set up to actually setting up. So I know I'm going to need about mm, roughly about 90 minutes, give or take, um, and that's for just a really thorough setup and a really thorough sound check. Um, if you want more on that, go back to check out the "Timing Is Everything" episode from a couple of days ago. Now, placement. It has to be forethought. It has to be considered ahead of time. And so that really falls a lot on the collaborative effort of who's ever hosting the event, whoever's helping to coordinate the event, who's ever working to plan the event, um, working all these kinks out ahead of time so that when the day arrives, everybody can go straight to doing what they need to do, set up where they need to set up, work how they need to work, and things can just get off to a much smoother start because honestly I'm going to be real it's kind of daunting especially if you're the event planner event coordinator or you're just hosting the event to you're setting everything up you're running back and forth between you know this person and that person you're you're answering phone calls because people want to verify last minute what time and everything starts double check the directions um you know you're yourself are trying to get ready and the last thing you want is to like, okay, well, got to hold on for a second. Run and go check on the you know the DJ. Run and go check on the caterer. Run and go check on the musicians. Run and go check on whomever to tell them exactly where they're gonna set up. Talk them through it. Walk them through it. All that on the day of is is stressful. It adds unnecessary stress because if it's taken care of ahead of time, even if you're sen- if you're in in um uh, if you're in email correspondence. Just to create a map that shows like, okay, parking lots over here, path, you know, this over here, inside, you know, I have booth one, two, three, you know, photo booth here, DJ here, foods here, prizes here, you know, ticket booth entry here. It's like at least it gives everybody an immediate visual or at least some sort of idea where they're going to go. So when they get there, it's much faster for them to put the pieces together if they weren't able to do a sight walk to know exactly where they need to go, where they're going to set up, how they're going to set up, where they're parking. And so what they need to bring to make the trek to where they from where they unload to where they're going to set up and actually be. Placement is everything. <laughs> it it really impacts just the entire flow. Now, I've, I've talked in other podcast episodes about, you know, getting people on their feelings and, you know, creating those themes and kind of like separating and organizing the layout of the of the venue and transforming it into um, a Wizard of Oz theme, if that's what you're doing, a Great Gatsby theme, if that's what you're doing, fill in a blank um, for whatever your theme may be. But placement also deals with, you know, where are you are going to put people and from a vendor perspective, where are you going to do certain things or where are you going to perform from? So going back to like you're inside and there's a stage, if you're the DJ or if you're the, the main group and you're performing in the center of that stage is one thing. But if there's going to be other performances, skits, uh, vocalists, choir, whatever, if there's going to be some other presentation that's going to be a dance, a dance team, anything that's gonna else that's potentially going to be utilizing that space, then it's going to be very annoying to be set up and then have to like kind of temporarily kind of sort of tear down to move out of the way so they can set up the space, do what they do, and then you get back in a position in the middle and then go on about your business and then do it a p- repeat. Because there's multiple performances and they're broken out over a span of time. So, to have like, okay, this is what's going on on the stage. Maybe you don't need to be on the stage. Maybe you could be, you know, off to the side of the stage. Maybe you could be right in front of the stage. Whether, you know, you can be somewhere else. Like, what's gonna make the most sense so that you can go from point A to point B in the timeline that in a way that it makes sense and without, with the least, with the least resistance, with the least obstacles. So having you set up in one location and then not have to move again for the rest of the night is ideal. Is ideal. Placement does a lot more, not just for the vendors, but also for the attendees. Where they're trying to set up or where they're trying to just enjoy being in a position where it's a clear path for where people need to go. For example, one of my favorite school clients, um it's a it's in my hometown and it's a middle school actually. And so one of the things they like to do is they like to do a father-daughter dance and I love father-daughter dances and they're a lot of fun. And so I also get to collaborate with, you know, some familiar faces every year. Whether it be, you know, the people who put on the event every year from the PTA, um, the photo booth worker and her and I develop a really solid relationship. Her and my wife get along so fantastically. And so where she is, where people come in, I mean, when I say she, where the photo booth vendor is, when people come in, it's like it becomes this clear idea of when they come in, where that line is. And we've learned from years of experience with each other. Photo booth is one of the first things that people are going to do. So making sure that there's a clear path. To the photo booth. Making sure there's like a clear line. Where it doesn't make it look like the space overall is dead. Is is important. So having her laid out on, on her side. Where she has access to easy in. Easy out setup. She has easy access to a lot of power. And knowing that. The line pretty much is going to cascade. How is the line going to be able to not block anything else that may be taking place? Well, that's simple. So on the opposite side from where she is, that's where a lot of different other tables are. Whether it be snacks, hors d'oeuvres, prizes, raffle information, all that stuff. It's on the opposite side of where she is. So that way, for those who are not trying to wait in line, there's no imposition on them to get in and experience the other part of the room. Uh, of course, there's a desk, MAC middle space right in front of the stage because that's where the, the dance area is going to be. And also recognizing and realizing that just like real life, people aren't going to walk in and immediately flock to the dance floor. You have to, you know, still have the lighting engaged, but not turned all the way up and turned all the way on because we're not going to that just yet. Even when I was working in the nightclub, you know, and my lighting, you know, learning from the lighting guy and observing the lighting guy, he have like a set, you know, a set atmospheric lighting for like that first hour that the club was open. So, you know, the opening DJ is doing their thing, you know, people are coming in, they're getting situated, people are going to the VIP section, getting situated, we're open, people are coming in, going out to the patio, all that good stuff like that, but the lighting is still consistent. And then... Once that, you know, that we go into that second hour, then things start to change. And now he's getting a little bit more active. And then when we get into prime time and the headliner is like really going off and really going in and the dance floor is packed, then you see the lights reflect accordingly. Now, how does that impact something going back to my, uh, my multipurpose room example that I just mentioned earlier? Well, you want the uplighting to be in a, in a, in strategic places where it draws the entire room. So that means you have, you know, that opposite side of the room from where the photo booth is. There's not going to be much over there because that kind of just facilitates and takes care of itself. The opposite round, well, now we want to kind of doll it up a little bit. We want to add some lighting to it. We want it to kind of, you know... Stand out a little bit more because the photo booth that's kind of obvious also follow the line this side what's over there Ooh, what's drawing the eye? Oh, look what the banners look like what the banners say look how the, the core is laid out Okay, because it's over here. So now if you literally have a 50 50 split of people of traffic going both places there's not a massive collision or confusion of where who needs to go where Because we already know the back wall That's going to be basically facilitating the line, heading over to the photo booth. The left wall is photo booth. The right wall is, you know, the corner stuff. And then the front is the entertainment factor that comes from the the DJ aspect of it. And it gets more engaging as the event goes on. And if we're talking about a two-hour event, then yeah, maybe that first 30, 45 minutes is kind of a little more nuanced. But then that last hour for certain and that last... Hour and fifteen, maybe hour and a half. Then you turn it on. And you really draw the lights in there. You really get the get. You know, if you got the fog machine, you have that going. You have the different lighting effects taking place. All those things, because now you're drawing the attention towards the middle, towards the front. So those who are done with the line, those who are done with the the snacks and stuff on the opposite wall, now they're converging on the middle. Which is why again, how the placement matters. The placement matters because you don't want to like have to jump over the 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 photo booth to get to the hors d'oeuvres you don't want to have to like hop over you know people like okay where are we you know where are we meeting to dance up over here because i noticed you know as the girls are getting older and older you know at that school because when you're doing it the first couple of years you know they're in the lower grades the later the latter couple of years they're in the upper grades as they're starting to get more towards you know middle school and 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 you know, eventually on the high school and whatnot. So now they're like going to that, like, where's my friends? You know, you know, going like railing out with the friends and hanging out with the friends and, you know, basically being a miniaturized version of prom (laughs) or when, yeah, miniaturized version of prom. Um, So you got to, you know, play into that state and give them, give them something where they can congregate over here and meet up with their friends over here. And it's pretty clear because it's not where they're meeting up with their friends isn't impacting, you know where people ultimately can dance, which isn't impacting with where the photo booth is. It isn't impacting with where the line is to get to the photo booth. It isn't impacting where the, the, the wall is with the hors d'oeuvres and with the, the raffle stuff. And it just really, really matters. Taking it to a wedding standpoint, it matters even more because literally you have to go from point. You got to go from a to B to C very, very quickly, very, very fluidly. Um, one of my favorite ones, one of the last ones I did actually, um, and what was it? 2020 was up at San Juan Capistrano. Fun, 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 fun. So we had this very like beautiful, beautiful layout. Or should or was the end of 2019? I think it was early 2020. I thought it was early 2020, but it was this beautiful layout, right? Outdoors. So that's where the ceremony is. Got cross over this little beautiful bridge that goes under this river. It's it's gorgeous. Now beyond that is is cocktail hour. And it's going to be over off in this corner. Now, I love the fact that they brought in this uh, stream duet to facilitate for cocktail hour. Awesome! Because for me, that gives me a break. So, I don't necessarily need to bring three setups to go from ceremony straight to cocktail hour, straight to reception. Now, I can just bring the two setups, have the PA setup be the one for cocktail hour that the, the, the duets use, you know, talking to them, giving them everything that they need. They have all the cables they need. They have the miking they need. They know how to work the the mixer, um, to give them what they need. And then, so while everybody's focused over at the at the cocktail hour, I can break down the ceremony, take it over, and just you know, basically pop it in place for the reception because I didn't do a full teardown or a full setup for either the reception or the ceremony. Like, I put the key pieces in place. So, like, my speaker stands were where they're supposed to be. All the uplighting was already where it was supposed to be. Uh, My booth was where it was. Uh, My controller was where it was because I didn't need that. So, all I needed was just, like, my little bag that had the mixer, grab my speakers. So, basically, I had, you know, my backpack, my speakers, and that was it. And I can go from point A to point B and just be done while everybody's focused on the cocktail hour. And not be a, like a whole nother massive delay. Cocktail hour was like 45 minutes. I made that switch from ter- from ceremony mode to reception setup in like 15. Because again, knowing where this was going to be and that was going to be. Knowing that they're doing cocktail hour. I don't have to worry about cocktail hour. Because if I had to worry about cocktail hour and I d- still didn't wasn't trying to bring three setups. Because of how far the drive was. Because it's like an 8 hour drive from where I live. Um, and we did it all on the same day. That was a very, very long day. So glad for wives because she backed me up. I drove up. She drove back. All oh, it was awesome. Or vice versa. I forgot which one. But anyway, so we, we, um, uh, if they weren't there, if that was not the case, then I would have had to either be set up for reception, be set up for the ceremony, Tear down the ceremony, run it over to the to the cocktail hour, set up for the cocktail hour and keep it going. Or I would have to set up for the ceremony and then like reposition the speakers to project enough to cover the grounds to make it to where the cocktail hour was. And... It was all it was a long stretch a long strip because you had like this consolidated area where the, the these beautiful barrels were for people to you know enjoy their their drinks and hors d'oeuvres and whatnot and then there was this grassy area that, grassy area that was next to it that you know for like cornhole and um a couple other games that horseshoe and a couple other games that they had for their guests because that's you know what the what the that was what the bride and groom wanted So I would have had to reposition the game plan, but because this is what we knew ahead of time and we got printed out the map that shows where everything is taking place, it was very, very easy to know where I was going to be, where I was going to be set up, and even for inside for Perception. Now, where do I set up? Do I set up against this wall? Do I set up against that wall? I can't set up against that wall because that's where the sweetheart table is. I can't set up against that wall because that's where a lot of the traffic is going in and out for the kitchen. So knowing, oh, seeing ahead of time, seeing how everything is laid out in the eyes and the mind of the planner, in this case, she did a wonderful job. She had like the room laid out. Sweetheart table, table A, table B, table C, table D, they they were elongated. Pillar one, two, three, four, that kind of encompassed around the the dance floor. So, okay, I'm not going to be right next to the dance floor, which is cool. All right, so we're going to go this way with it. Got lights coming down. on hitting it from this angle because if I go for the DJ booth, it's not going to carry over that well. So popping lights from the very top to shine down is going to be epic. And so we're able to brainstorm these things ahead of time. And so when we get there, we jump straight into the event. We can jump straight into setting up, pulling right up. Hey, you know, I'm, you know, I'm Marcus, I'm the DJ. Okay, we'll do a boo. Oh, good to see you. You know where you're going? Yep, I know exactly where I'm going. Boom. I can go straight to setting up. The coordinator can go straight to, to knowing, you know, what she's working on and continue to make sure that, that her clients are taken care of accordingly. It's, it's, it's beautiful because everybody already knows where they're going to be positioned at. Everybody knows where their placement is. Everyone already knows. I mean, the caterer even knew. To come in through the side gate because the side gate takes them directly to the back of the kitchen so they can go straight there to start setting it up and getting their thing going. And there's a little kitchen right next to it for their them to final finish prep, uh, for them to get in and out when they're serving inside during reception. Like, it was immaculate. It was so amazing. And those little details make all the difference. For if it's going to be a amazing and a phenomenal event. Or if it's going to be a very, very long day. So understand and I hope this helps to bring some clarity to the fact that placement means a lot. Placement is everything. Where you put things matter. Um, knowing ahead of time where you're going to put things matter. If you're a vendor, knowing ahead of time where you're going to be matters. I guarantee you it is a much more professional statement if you can show up and go straight to work and go straight to where you're going to go because the coordinator, the planner, the host already did their job and sent you photos, sent you a map, sent you whatever to let you know exactly where you're going to be or where to meet or where where to set up at. And then you just dive right into it versus knowing all that same information, showing up and then still asking, okay, so where do you want me to set up? Or where should I put this at? Or this that that diminishes the level. Now I understand. Like if this is like your first event, your second event, ask all the questions. Do not be scared. Ask all the questions away. Ask away. But if you've been, you know, doing it for a while, like it's a huge plus to be able to jump right in. And that's what separates the good from the great. Who's can, those who can jump right in, get to work because they've already had the communication, they've already had the forethought, they've already had the fact that you know the placement is everything. They know exactly where they're gonna be, whether it be it's a photo booth, it's a it's a jumper, it's a it's a it's a it's a taco truck, uh, it's the an In and Out truck, it's um uh, it's a DJ. It's, it doesn't matter. Like they already know where they're going to go when they pull up, that they can jump straight into it, and that makes things just really go really well immediately so that the things that do go wrong, at least this isn't compiled to the stress when it shouldn't be added to the stress at all. So anyway, I hope this helped. This one was so much fun. Who would have thought that just a little statement would have sparked an entire week worth of podcast episodes? So... If you haven't already done so, be sure to hit that subscribe button. Tell a friend or two or three. I love to hear from you guys. So please let me know what you think. Let me know your experiences. Let me know if you want to actually jump in and kind of add your two cents. I would love to hear from you. DM me at DJ Ignite, the number one, on Instagram. And I will catch y'all on the next episode. Y'all love a good one. Love y'all. Appreciate y'all. Peace.